welcome to the Agency Podcast. Eugene here in Toronto. And Candy here, also in Toronto. In fact, Candy is right beside me on 27th Street. That's right, we are in the same room, on the same computer, using the same microphone. It's a miracle. It's a Zoom-free podcast, <laughs> because uh, we're recording directly into GarageBand today. Um, it feels weird. It feels good to be here, but I also feel like, oh my God, I'm blank. I don't know. Can I talk about anything? I don't know if I have anything. And then after the podcast, after we finish <laughs> recording today, we're going up to the airport oh, yeah. uh, to pick up uh, uh, Candy's husband, Stag. Yeah, pretty exciting. He's in the air right now. We know because he sent us a um, a meme of a spaceship taking off, <laughs> a la Blade Runner. So yeah. we do know he's around and that's good. I had a great drive here the other day on Monday. Uh, took about eight hours, went through Sarnia. No problems at the border. Although at one point, the uh, custom guy said, um, what's your license plate number? Do you know it? I said, well, yeah, I do. And so I picked up my cell phone, which you're not supposed to do, and looked up a text where I had sent my daughter my license plate number. And then he said, ma'am, is that a temporary plate? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, okay, go. <laughs> I did have ownership papers on me but because I had just got the car maybe 10 days ago um, it's out front in Eugene's uh, parking lot parking spot and um, the plates just didn't arrive yet my mechanic ordered them for me and they just didn't come in yet Ah, it takes a couple weeks when you get them through the mail I see maybe a few weeks but my plate is is good till August so that's how big of a window. They don't know how long it's going to take for them to be mailed out. They, they give you a pretty big window. I used to think it was 10 days, but it's not. It's it's almost two months. Wow. Yeah. So I was a little worried. I was hoping they would let me across the border, and they did. Well, that's they, good. That was my only my only glitch. Not much of a glitch. <clears throat> and uh, I went out for dinner a few times in uh, Chicago before I came here. I had a friend in from Portland. Uh, oh, Monica. Nice. Hi, Monica. She might... Might be listening. I know she does listen to the podcast. Where did you go? <clears throat> oh, well, the best place we went was SKY. Now, you went to Dusex with me where you had the world's greatest burger. You really loved that burger. Remember, it was a dark room, big, heavy furniture. And we had like a lunch with beer and, and burger. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, that was a really good burger. Yeah, it's, it seems to me it was, it was a really, uh, <clears throat> the atmosphere wasn't the best. It was overcrowded. And everyone was running around, right? Well, uh, it was a very popular hipster restaurant. That uh, is true. Yeah, but yes. the food was very good. Yes, the food's very good. And then they have a concert hall upstairs, Thalia Hall. And they have a punch room in the basement. But SKY is across the street. And um, if Is you're it a in, hipster place too? I, 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 I'm too hip for the hipsters. I know. I you know would that. call it... It's elevated fine dining. Okay. Really good service. I know what that I, is. I've seen MasterChef. Yeah, and I mean, it, you feel like you're being taken care of. Um, they are understaffed. They were busy. We didn't have a reservation. We walked in. There was three of us. Um, but they have this dish that they have some food there that is so mind-blowing delicious that I, you know, every now and then you eat something that just haunts you and you just can't stop thinking about it. You want to eat more of it, right? Are you worried about if we're recording or not? Um, I'm just worried about your, you keep drifting further away oh, from I'm the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I do. So I'm going to move. I have to sit really close to you then. Um, and all kinds of sound effects of me moving forward. Anyway, they have a fried chicken, which is basically a revisitation of fried chicken and creamed corn. Did they deconstruct it? It's not deconstructed, but maybe they did because the, the, <laughs> the panko breadcrumbs or whatever they use are very, very tiny. Um, and then they put the corn in a circle. And you know I'm not a big corn eater, particularly. 
But once a year, I'll eat corn. Anyway, this is the most... Since it is a signal of the, the destruction of the known universe, of right? Of totalitarian agriculture. Right. I understand that it's a mystical food for many people and it's part of their culture. That part I get. <clears throat> it's the overabundance it's of good. corn. It, it's not that it's not good. I can't eat popcorn. Popcorn kills me. Corn upsets ah, my stomach, okay. actually. It really does upset my stomach. But um, I just don't like it being put in all food. Anyway, this corn is insane. And um, now, I just one of our some friends. Corn relish. Did you? Oh, I oh, love corn, corn relish. relish. I love corn I relish. I love corn relish. And I'd, I've always thought I'd wanted to make it. Anyway, this food was so good. And they had something you would like a shishumi. Is that a, a, a fish for, um, raw fish for. Is that like sashimi? Sashimi, that's it. Sorry, I wrote it down somewhere and I forgot to say it properly. I don't know. I don't know my. I don't know my fish. You, you said it perfectly. And anyway, they had ponzu. I don't know what that is either. Oh my god. Okay, I have something you don't know about. It's a type of vinegar, oh, and okay. um, yuzu's in it. And the flavoring on this was so good as an appetizer that we actually had to had to order another one. I mean, when does that happen that you just become obsessed with a taste of food? <laughs> it was so good. So it's really. Um, he brings a hybrid of. Um, food maybe he's portuguese or brazilian uh background the chef there it's such good food and he just mixes it all up it's really good unlike the wild food i tell you about that i think is frat boy chic and that's in lots and lots of what i would call you know the stereotype hip, hipster foodie places i just feel like they're making food out of i've been i've lived in an apartment where i ran out of food and i didn't have very much food and i put things together and it it was mm -hmm. weird, but I was hungry. And to me, that's what's happening in a lot of dining and then terrible service. Mm -hmm. And I'm conflicted about the feeling of terrible service. We're short-staffed. Everyone's short-staffed, right? But there is that feeling of still like you're going out. We had this in Vegas. And where you're, you're struggling with being privileged and elite because you've got the money to go out in a pandemic and have dinner. Mm -hmm. And yet you're not getting the service that you really just wanted to relax and feel that wonderful restaurant feeling that you might have at Scaramouche mm -hmm. or at SKY. And you're yeah, actually trying a place to like Scaramouche, the, the service is really one of the things that elevates the restaurant Absolutely. because they make you feel so good about Absolutely. being Absolutely. And you know what? My theory is all restaurants used to be like that. All of them, even a diner. But the the, the way but at a got... diner, you're liable to get called honey or darling. Yes, that's true. And that's I, I'm true. good with that. I am too. One of my <laughs> I'll favorite... go to a di I'll go to a diner just to get that hit of it doesn't honey. happen honey anymore. or darling. I don't think it happens anymore. That's really really old school. I don't know if that happens anymore. You know, it happens at my restaurant when, sometimes. When when my uh, dad was alive and and I would take him out to uh, to restaurants, he would be the other way. He would call the the uh, the server honey. Oh God, yeah, or that's darling. my dad might do and, that too, and sort of. And it's like, it's like oh, horrifying. Dad, don't do it. Don't do it. It's cringeworthy. Yes, very. Yes, as the kids would say. Uh, but of course, the thing is, everybody recognized that he was like a super old guy, and he came from a different universe, right? Uh, and yes. so, yes, he just—it was just adorable. Yeah, my dad thought he was being ironic and cool, and I was like, "You're not, Dad. You're not being ironic or cool or fun or anything." He would wave his napkin and go, "Missy, oh Missy. no, oh I know, no, I was like, father, <laughs> father, stop, Scotty, walk in on my oh, coordinates, no. beat me I up." I actually the ship. did not like going out for dinner after at one point i realized i don't like going to restaurants with my dad and then he would remember the beehive on queen street we used to go with anita and Basin. yeah, yeah. that's the james the, b place right james b place and uh, he opened it up for one year and that was his mission be very busy for a year was it maybe two years but it was one or two years yeah. and he was going to get out the munster pub was like that too five years which is such a smart idea i'm going to own this for this many years and then get out and everybody knew it 
maybe it makes you go more. Anyway, uh, the beehive, my father just was like asked to turn the music down. I mean, it was so horrible. It was like, Dad, you can't. This is a music bar. You can't ask to turn the music down. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, what about Dads this feeling? What about this feeling of like, it's an it's what's that word when um you know privileged, but there's entitlement. Is that I struggle with that feeling of oh no, I'm being entitled by expecting this service. Um, to, to but it's not because I want someone to be serving me. It's because I just want to visit your company, have fun, and not feel stressed out about waiting for your next. You know, they bring the next drink. They ask you before you're empty. Um, you know, do you do you want this? You just feel like thank you. You're like at your mom's table or something. Maybe that's it. I want to buy my childhood memories. I would eating. think if you're a really good server, good meaning you bring home the coin. Yeah. Um, you're very very good at knowing when to ask if someone needs a refill. Yeah, you are good at doing all of that. It's just that because you're a, in, if you sell more alcohol, you're going to get a better tip, right, right? But there's two things going on, which I I don't know how to explain. One, the shortage of staff, so they can't get to your table. Right. They literally yes. cannot get that part. You're going. It's okay. It's the pandemic still happening. I understand everything's changing in society, and people don't want to work here. And they, they I, I get that part, but you're still going like this was my holiday, and I have a number of friends in Chicago saying they are also struggling with this feeling. They went to Starved Rock and um, very kind of touristy nature site, and then the service is terrible, and they're thinking I've got this is my first holiday in two, three, four years, and I, I and now I'm stressed out in a restaurant because you're just thirsty, you just want another glass of wine or a beer or something. And and yet you also want to tip people because you know that they're all suffering. It's just the weirdest emotional struggle in um, an understaffed restaurant right now. And then you have the other places that are casual. I, I don't like casual restaurants. That's where you usually go to the counter or you do have some staff that comes to the table. Um, but we went out, Stay and I went for dinner and they really didn't bring silverware. And I don't think they ever even thought about to bring silverware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we're like, well, it is a charcuterie tray. <laughs> How asshole am I to say the word charcuterie tray? <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's meat and cheese plate. And and we don't have any utensils. And then you asking for utensils and they're like, oh, you use utensils? How dare you ask me for anything at the table? I've brought you as much as I'm coming here. Kind of an attitude. But maybe not. But it just felt like that. So you feel conflicted you know in 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 vietnam typically any place you go to eat on the table will be a jar with a zillion chopsticks oh yeah in the the jar that's smart and you learn really quickly the uh the the technique in vietnam because you always get a lime (laughs) cut up with almost anything that you order the first thing that you do is you squeeze the lime on top of your chopsticks oh, good and idea. then wipe the chopsticks with the lime juice to clean them. To clean them. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's yeah. not that they're particularly no. dirty. It's just they've been sitting out there yeah. and who knows if somebody's pawed them or not. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you just uh, you're, you're assuming they washed the other ones and, also, and brought them back. I, I learned <laughs> when when I was there, I learned um, that if you if you're cooking with hot chilies. You squeeze a lime in your hand and wash your hands with the lime yes. and then soap and water. It takes the hot out. Absolutely. It's a beautiful Wonderful. thing. Remember Susan Sarandon in Atlantic City? She washed her whole body with lemon juice after she was working. Well, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. And we did talk about that a couple of years ago on the podcast. For did I tell you the napkin story on the podcast? No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, after my brother uh, passed away, um, some very dear friends of ours um I don't know. They wanted to do something 
for us and they they went to a little restaurant at the top of our street that they know we really mm-hmm. like um called tasty korea and they wanted to get us a, a gift certificate mm. and i thought that was really a nice thing to do mm-hmm. uh, well um Karen, whose mm. restaurant it is, was in Korea, uh-huh. and so her son and her husband mm-hmm. were making do. Oh no! And they they do most of the things there. Although apparently they were they were running low on on. She made up a whole batch of soups because only she knows how to make the oh, Korean soups. Sure, um, they don't know how to do it. So oh, um, maybe you should go work with her and learn. <laughs> oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> so um, they they wanted this uh, this gift certificate, and they don't have like a formal gift certificate process oh. there so brian uh <laughs> who's the the son there mm-hmm. he he uh he was gonna put it on a, a business card uh-huh. and then just staple the the receipt to the, the business right. card that makes sense um, but while he was scrambling around looking for a business card uh uh the fellow who was buying the, the gift certificate whipped out a napkin and said here do it on this oh my god and brian thought this is sort of weird, but this is what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. So he writes on the napkin, um, it's our pleasure. And then he staples the bill to the <laughs> napkin. So I go in there to get lunch one day yeah. and I bring my gift certificate, yeah. which is a napkin that says it's our pleasure. <laughs> and I say to Karen, I have a I have a, a gift certificate. And I show her the napkin and she starts to just laugh. <laughs> and she's pointing at her son and laughing at him. Too funny. And he's going, yeah, but the guy, he whipped out the napkin. That's what he wanted. So I put it on the napkin. So now when I go in there, she'll say, Eugene, did you bring your napkin money? Too funny. (laughs) That's so cute. That's so cute. Oh, I hope you and Stay go there to eat. Oh, I'm I'm sure sure we will. will. I'm sure of it too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I went out for dinner a bit. Very nice. Is the pandemic over? Well, that's a funny question. I, I don't think COVID is over. No. I, I think there's lots of people still getting COVID, but I think a couple of things have changed. Politically, it's the pandemic is officially over, over. I think. Yeah, no one because, wants it. Because um, hardly anyone is, well, some people are still masking, but there's no more requirements mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. masking. There's mm-hmm. no more requirements for uh, anything. And people who are getting sick that we're hearing about yeah. are getting the rough equivalent of a cold for most people. Right. Right. Obviously right. some people are getting very ill, but right. But we're not hearing the stories we are hearing about the overcrowded ICUs. No. We don't hear that story at all anymore. No. And I don't think they are overcrowded. No, I think it's under control and, yeah. and the, the latest variant is seems to be for most people very mild. Right. And the biggest problem is that I think some people get the longer COVID. Yes. Right? Where they and have symptoms that drag on and on. Anymore because I don't know. that was the early the early strains, but I don't know if these later strains have, like Omicron but, uh, or Delta or apparently anything. Apparently, in Europe now, people don't even like the employees on planes don't even mask. No one's masking. Oh, okay, yeah, they've just decided it's yeah. over. Oh well, it's the same in the United States. No one's wearing masks except me. And the same people that wore the masks at the beginning of the pandemic, before yeah. they even put a mask mandate. Oh, it's pouring rain out now. Before the mask mandate, there was the community that, like, uh, in our corner store, there was guys with bras on and stuff like that, right on their face, their wife's bra, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah, and I think everyone's had SARS now. That's the, you know, remember SARS? Yes. Pandemic? Well, everyone's had SARS now. It's run through the, it's a milder version than the first original, but it's run through the population apparently. Oh, I see. Okay, That's the interesting. argument. And that the other argument is Oh, and it just maybe, got milder and milder and everyone yes, thought they had a cold. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's what's going to happen with COVID. And we'll probably all get it. And maybe there's now, somebody told me the other day, the average, they saw some new math on it. And every 10 years, you'll get one of the variants Hmm. of COVID for the rest of the life of living on Earth. Wow. Well, it's a... I, I hope that it continues to be mild. Yes. You know, I think we can all we can all live with that. Yeah. Yeah, we could. I guess. You we, know, just we like will. we live with the flu. Yes. And you everybody's going to get it. And I suppose they'll start charging us for COVID vaccines in a year or two. Oh next yeah, year. probably. I think it's. Yeah. I know you can pay for them in in Chicago now. Really. Yeah, but they're still complimentary. I'm on four vaccines. I'm so. on four vaccines now too, and I assume they'll they'll tell us to do another one in February or January or yeah, something. Probably, right? and I'm okay with that yeah, too. Yeah, every year, probably. Oh, um, we have some potato soup, and we've been told. I just got a hot text in. Put some fresh chives in the soup if you have. Um, <laughs> it's okay. a cream of well, potato soup. I don't so have that's... I don't have fresh chives, but I do have fresh basil, fresh oh, cilantro, fresh dill, yeah. fresh parsley. I think this does have all of that in it already. It's already a real soup. She's okay. just saying maybe fresh something. Yeah, chives, but otherwise not. All right. If you don't have them, good. So, cool. what are you watching? Well, I took reading. one for the team. Yeah. Um, speaking of flying in airports, <laughs> uh, I, I went to see Top Gun Maverick. And okay. everybody I know who's seen this said, wow, it's good. Yeah. Sheila said, wow, it's good. Yeah. I had some serious problems with this movie. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want you to change, Eugene. <laughs> okay. So let's look at Let's break it down. All right. Let's look at the positives. I have not seen it. If you like... If you want to feel like you're inside of a video game, mm-hmm. it's the movie for you. Okay. Um, especially if you go to one of the theaters like our Cineplexes have, I think they call the Screen X, where the screens are on the flank of the sides of the theater mm-hmm. too. And parts of the film, like you're in the air and you're in a dogfight and you're, it's like, it's a point of view kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're in a, uh, you're in the pilot seat. Uh, and all of a sudden, the sides of the theater, <laughs> you see the clouds wow. and other planes. And wow. it's very, very effective. Wow. So technically, it's pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, although it feels to it felt to me more like I was in a video game than I was flying. Okay. Like I was in a flight simulator. So you didn't feel any up and down rushes? Or did you? No, I adrenaline, didn't feel... Did you feel adrenaline? I didn't really feel that. Okay. Maybe some people did. Yeah. Um, I didn't. But it was certainly an experience. And that's what you would go to the movie for, I right, think. Right, Um That's that's on the positive side. Um, uh, Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Yes, of course. I of heard course. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And let's look at some of the negative sides. Okay. okay. I thought that was the list of negative sides. <laughs> well, it the film uh, really promotes the idea that having um, men out in these planes to do super risky things in order to kill lots of people by dropping bombs. Right. It really promotes that idea yeah. that fighter jets are good. Right. And if and especially if you're a high risk pilot, hmm. that means you're extra good and mm-hmm. you get the babe. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and the pilots are men. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. There's there's I think there's one female pilot on the team, oh. but she talks just like the men, yep. and so she's just like the men. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so it's a very it's a very white male kind of yeah. thing. It sounds dated when you put it that way. Uh, and the 
the plot okay I would say the plot is infantile but okay. let me just let me be a little bit less prejudiced right. and say um, the the plot is a heartwarming story about the best fighter pilot in the history of ever um, who's always getting into trouble because of his high risk oh, yeah. fighting behavior he nailed it um, he gets sent back to training school and they're not going to let him fly anymore mm. and he has they have to go on a mission where they have to drop these bombs on a target okay who is the enemy I who don't knows know. it doesn't oh, matter okay it, they don't even tell you who they're right. fighting right um, but what you do find is that the enemy very much like a video game has radar so you have to get through the radar okay. and you have to go under the radar mm. and you can do it because to get at the target you have to go through a canyon so you have to fly an airplane a team of pilots fly airplanes together at 600 miles an hour so it's like the death star in star wars uh i guess yeah. I, I didn't see okay. that <laughs> All right. So at one point there's bridges sure. and the bridges have those kind of Romanesque yep. kind yep. of yep. Um, uh, arches sure. and they fly through the arches. Oh yeah, do they turn sideways? Uh, they do lots of turning yeah. sideways right. and upside down okay. and, and they do all like the trick stuff <laughs> so, and they blow stuff down. up really all right. good. All right, they well, stuff great up really good. film review. Um, did you know that Star Wars, um, George Lucas fashioned that premise of flying into that canyon and dropping it in a pinpoint from the Dam Busters? which is a great 1945, 46 film, oh, yeah. black and white. I saw it on L.W. Oast. And um, George Lucas, they took the, or is it, they took the actual, you know, they used to do special effects on glass, paint it on glass and then put it in front of the camera. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. and then they took those same plates and put them in Star Wars just to add that kind of homage to the film, which is kind of cool. Um, well, I I love I'm gonna love the movie. I think I'm gonna really enjoy it. I haven't seen it yet. Well, but plus, if you like wooden acting <laughs> and really really bad wooden dialogue, oh, you're gonna love this. All right. Well, you know, I was there any were there any feelings? Was there some yes, nostalgia? Was, yes, there, there is feelings. Was there feelings? Yes, what because did you feel? because one of the guys that Tom Cruise has to train. Yes. He, it's a son. No, not oh. quite. But he's someone that he always really cared about, and. Um, when it was time for him to go to flight school, mm. Tom Cruise character pulls his papers oh. and sets him back four years. And so he hates Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. So All there's right. a hate on. Oh, so they have to get through the hate on yeah. and learn to be bros again yeah, cool. to kill those bad guys yeah. that, who we don't know who they are. Did you know that when, um, what was that war? Was it the, wasn't Kuwait? It was the one after that. Oh, when they, actually, not really a war. It's when they went to blow up a country that had nothing to do with 9-11 in Afghanistan. Right? Because they were, nobody was Afghanistani in 9-11 in planes. They were all from Saudi Arabia. Right? So I'm not. But I they were hiding never, in Afghanistan. Right. Right. I still wasn't sure why you wouldn't have bombed Saudi Arabia. Oh, maybe because you owed them millions and millions and billions of dollars. And you get your oil Cops, from them. And you get your oil from them. Okay. So anyway, uh, sidetrack there. Um. So that's like if we went and bombed, uh, what happened with Air India? Remember 312 people died in, in uh, and we didn't go bomb India. Well, no, we, in and fact, we, and we, we, also, we also didn't go and, and, bomb, and bomb Iran after they shot down a pile right, of Canadians right, in a plane. Right. Yes, 
couple years right. back. So when that war happened, what they were saying was that the, the, the pilots that were flying the drones and dropping them, much like Top Gun would have been, and watching the film of dropping um, targets, they were playing that on the news all the time. Do you remember that? And they were suggesting that just even a person at home watching that would have had PTSD. Because we were looking at the same exact thing the pilots were doing. I don't know if that was mm. true or false, well, but there may, was a maybe feeling Maybe that's of that. one of the reasons why they didn't bring any humanity to the enemy. Yeah. And in fact, it seemed, I was almost convinced <laughs> that they were doing a, it was all about a flight simulation. At the end, they were going to go, see, that was a good flight yeah, simulation. Okay. Except that then they showed the other planes. Oh, so you'd get not just the point right, of view right, view, which makes right. you feel like a video okay. game, yeah. but you would also get the third person view mm. of what was going on. Mm. But for me, okay, I would rather be in a canoe than a speedboat. I just have no <laughs> interest in going right. fast. You'd rather either... a cast iron frying pan than an Instapot. I get it. Exactly. Yes. You, you understand me completely. Yes. I would rather fly fish with a bamboo fly rod than a graphite boron composite. Or nets or dynamite. Or nets or dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather play a fiddle made out of wood than one made of carbon fiber. There you go. And that is your lucky freedom to do so. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. And to be patient with other people that do it otherwise. I try. I know. <laughs> I haven't been doing, uh, you know, I got back from Tennessee uh, just after I talked to you probably. Did a bunch of stuff around the, uh, the ranch, the home front, and got ready to come here. I... Um, I did finish up my my um, resort wear experiments I was working on. And are you uh, happy with I that? To... I really like the stuff Thank that you, you. made. Thank um, you. I am happy with it. I'm going to put it on our Patreon page. Um, I'm not putting it on public because it's still top secret project, but I will put it for the people on Patreon. So if you are a Patreon person or want to be, you can see more. Maybe we'll put a whole bunch of stuff on there that should be just super secret for our, our listeners. Is there a Patreon level where you actually like get a garment? Uh, yeah, that would be probably up around the $40 level or so. It would if, be a lot. Yeah, if you pledge $40 a month, I'll send you a uh -huh. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and one size fits all. Or tell me your approximate height and I will make it your size. Um, I think you're, so, you got a good thing going here. Thank you. I do too. I already had offers on, on buying some. There you go. So, so now what's, I have to what's the status of the soy machine? I was just about to say, I'm so glad you asked, Eugene. Thanks for listening. Um, because um, I did take it into a shop and the shop is so bizarre. So I phoned someplace and I realized, oh, I think that's fairly close to home because the other ones were on the north side. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go that far. So I found the place called the woman. And she, she did not answer in any kind of formal, like, welcome to ABC Sewing Center or anything like that. It's it very disconcerting, like, isn't it? it when a business so answers, hello. disconcerting. <laughs> and what was even more disconcerting, I could walk to the place. It's not far from the restaurant we went to, SKY or Dusex. Anyway, so I pull up and there's nothing there. There's 606 Records. And then it wasn't Sky, but it was another restaurant in the corner. I'm like, there's nothing. And I'm looking for 1810, nothing. There's a building, it looks like someone's house. I'm like, well, that's interesting. So I park, get out of the car. I open the hood, the, the trunk, but I don't take the sewing machine out because I have no faith. And I call her again. I said, hi, um, I'm outside. And so she said, wait there. And she opens up and inside this main floor is a thousand sewing machines. <laughs> wow, so it's like in someone's house? seemed to be someone's house cool yeah and well, the, me the, the right mechanic place, the technician was not there will she come on the podcast and talk about oh my machines? god maybe maybe that would be cool yeah i i didn't take a photo of it i was so nervous she would probably have a lot a... of arcane detail about sewing machines that totally. that our listeners would love well i still have to ask him how did you get that shell off when they do get the shell off of it i i want to know how 
So anyway, um, they said they would call, but they have not called back. But I'm not worried about it. I'm assuming with so many machines in the building, they must Ex be very explain busy. Explain to our listeners what about the shell. The shell is the outside plastic or fiberglass on a sewing machine. In the old days, it was all metal, metal right? Yeah. And this is now they use fiberglass. And so we took apart the last week. I was telling Eugene how we took apart the, almost the whole machine. Um, and I had all the taped up bits that I couldn't put back together again to give to them. I was like, look at this, look at this. And, um, but I could not get the final shell off the final cover. It was, they've out tricked us, I guess. So you can't do home repair until I find out to breach the integrity of that cover. <laughs> so could they fix it? You think? I hope so. They oh my God. I mean, my choice is paying for that to be fixed or buying a new machine. Mm -hmm. And I, what, when they tell me the quote, then I guess I'll decide. Because yeah. what if the coat's the same as a sewing machine? Well, or just about? One thing to consider is the age of the machine. Because like many appliances, the older they are, the better they are. Yeah, this is a new machine. Like, I don't this know how, like how many... five years old. How many people who, who have told me that old fridges mm. are much, much better quality than new fridges. Yes, they just use more power. And when, when we had to buy... When our washing machine crapped out... <laughs> um, uh, we know this guy who's a, an appliance repair guy, but he's also really interested in photography and he photographs Ooh. the moon from his back porch. Nice. We have one of his photos. Nice. I'll show you later. Anyway, he came to look at it and he was really determined to fix this washing machine. <laughs> and they just stymied him with, with parts that are just not oh, available anymore. Yeah. So we had to uh, finally buy a, a new machine. Sure. And his advice was... Um, the thing to look for is the least electronics possible on the machine. Yeah. As simple, mechanical uh, as they can make it, you want it. Because mm -hmm. um, he said that it's the um, it, it's the uh, the electronics that fail. Right. Hi, Sheila. Hi. 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 We're recording. Yeah. Air hug for now. <laughs> Oh my god, is that funny? Good to see you. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. Oh, yeah, how cute. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Thank you. Some some hair barrettes, uh, toque, and a hoodie. I love it. And a ponytail. Good. There you go. There we go. Reclaiming up my... I, if you travel enough, you, you'll leave enough, you know, travel necessities totally. everywhere. I left my toilet toiletry bag. A month ago in Tennessee, I got to pick it up last week. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Top Gun. Well, I watched. All I did was watch the night before I drove. I relaxed and watched um, because sometimes I don't sleep. I watch comedians and cars getting coffee. Do you watch that? I've seen it a couple yeah, times. Yeah. I picked out my favorites. I picked out Jim Carrey. Brilliant. That was a brilliant episode where he talks about death and existence and the nature of reality. And then I watched um, two of Ricky Gervais and Martin Short. Brilliant again, of course. But I didn't watch more. I just got me just... Um, oh, and I can never say his name. Sebastian Maniscusco. Anyway, he's really good. They rode Vespas. But um, I picked out my favorite comedians. Well, I would love to ride a Vespa. Would you? That's your well, next project, maybe. Well, you have, well you've you know, ridden it, one. Well, I've, on the back of one. Oh, the back I've of one. I've never driven one. Oh, yeah, one. you got to drive them. They're but, easy. But I think in Canada, I think in Ontario, you have to get a motorcycle yes, license. Do. Yes, you which, do. And to get the motorcycle license, you have to go to, like, motorcycle school. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you have to... That. Um, and here's the thing. If you go to motorcycle school, mm -hmm. where do you get the motorcycle that you use at the school? Do they have motorcycles there? You might have to buy one. And do you have to learn, on a, you have to learn on a real motorcycle? But I let's say you know. bought, let's say I bought the Vespa. Yeah. Right. 
well, then how do you get it to the motorcycle school if you haven't Toilet? got your license? Put it in your car? Like, there's got to be a way. Know, they have, they have to have figured I this out. I think they give you a motorcycle to practice on. Okay. I think so. And so, do, can, Unlike will they also school. loan you a motorcycle for your driver's test? I believe they would. Is that how that uh, works? Or rent it. Yeah, rent it. You probably pay for it with your lessons. It's probably all included. Whereas cars oh, are not okay. like that. Cars are not like that. You get your parents to drive you to the driving test. Um, now, they also have here, it's really popular, are the e-bikes that look very much like yeah. the Vespas. Yeah. But, of course, now they're breaking away from that design, and they have fancier-looking mm-hmm. e-bikes. Mm-hmm. e-bikes. Uh, yeah, I've seen them very popular in Chicago. Yeah. And they have funny noises. And then they have the ones that have, like, the lawnmower engines. And I think that's our, that's guys who are, like, delivering drugs. <laughs> that's my, my oh, theory. Oh, do you mean the big three-wheelers? No, no. They look like a, a, a bicycle that has a lawnmower... Uh, engine oh, on it yeah, okay. and they, they're really really loud yeah and and well, and often you'll have the guy t- will turn on music yeah. like even I louder and then they'll they play like sticks dealers. yeah i just assume they're drug they're like delivering they they're drug delivery i don't people. think they would deliver on those things because so? it's a heat score it's too loud and noisy and well it's music legal playing. here though. oh i see right but wouldn't anybody go to their um pharmacy for that the legal pharmacy for their drugs well i don't know i i, for, I and by I, drugs we mean weed i I, we I assume that a lot of people who use a lot of weed um still go to buddy down the street or okay. because it's way cheaper than the doug store oh i see okay I doug don't being know. doug ford our, right. our um right. our premier right that i don't know good question i don't so know i don't know and, and i wonder how those stores are doing because you know, I, I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you've been in Toronto, but when you drive down the lakeshore between here and Royal York right. Road, I think there's something like 16 weed well, shops. I, I think we need to go to one of them very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I did not bring edibles with me. I, I, I remembered see. to take them out of my purse. But well, I that's good because bought... you don't need to go to the, the right. Hooskow for, no. Stay... for transporting weed across yeah, the border. Steak very seldom asked for anything, but when I was downtown with Trisha, he said, can you go to the get some edibles? I was kind of taken aback. He really likes edibles. Well, we can we can set him up. He just has to walk up to the corner. That's right. So I I did get a cavalcade of edibles from I think I told you this didn't I? I got um it's like two milligrams or mg. I don't know what that measurement is at all. It means nothing to me. I have to do a test and see how I feel. Yeah. Um because I think that's I don't the case know. with a lot of people. Yeah, with, I think so. I'm and, super. And the, the challenge is people get impatient because some people it takes a long time oh, for Oh, and then for, you don't take the and second. Then, and so do you, not you take, take, the take more because it's no, not doing anything. No, don't do and that. And next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. Um, well, I, that's what happened to us in New Orleans, and I can't remember if I told you that or not. Um, I don't want to say his name. A friend of ours who was traveling in New Orleans last April um, who has a lot of resistance to everything. And he'll always joke that he tried to get Candy to take every drug in the world when we were friends back in uh, B.C. We met at UVic. He was a sociology student, and I was taking art lessons, and um, and I wrote for the paper at, <laughs> at on campus, <laughs> and I interviewed him on abortion. Is that insane? There you go. Yeah, he was. I interviewed like ten people on abortion, took their picture, and they put their opinion in the paper, in the school paper. That was my first story. Speaking of which, yeah, what the heck is going on in the country you're living in? We are watching a wonderful country continue to fall apart. Continue just, to fall apart in front of our eyes. It's just unbelievable what's going on there. It's so I, scary, so depressing, and um, I'm I'm hoping that at least it's going to wake people up the uh, next election. I don't think it will, and no. they'll go out and no. and and see if they can change some of First this. First of all, nobody feels like they're asleep. 
So there's your first, no one feels like they're in the dark. They feel like they're correct and no one's listening to them and they want to be louder and louder and louder. So, and there's still no meshing. There's still no crossover of, and we get our token AOC for anyone who's on the left. They get these uh, fake politicians who are like, they're not fake, but they're the token um, anarchists who say, oh, I'm against the establishment. I'm against this. And meanwhile, they're buying a Tesla. They're going to the Met Ball. You can't, you can't, it doesn't matter if you got a free ticket to the Met Ball. You can't go to the Met Ball if you want to fight the system because it's not where the fight is. The fight is not doing those things. And, um, you know, I find AOC really interesting and fascinating. And I'm a Bernie bro. I love Bernie. But they are really the, the tablet for the people who don't want to vote for Democrats to make them feel like they're kind of doing something that will help the world. And um, so I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to continue to melt down. Um, what's the next rights that people can go back? If you make oh. a law that can go against the human rights, now you can stop gay marriage and now you can stop... Um, interracial marriage, and you can do segregation again. The, the good thing That's is, the argument. is the testimony yesterday mm. um, at the January 6th hearings was pretty spectacular <laughs> uh, and pretty damning of Trump. Now, I know that the people who support Trump think it's fake news, yes. um, yeah. but it seems that the evidence of this guy's criminal behavior has gotten so stark that it's getting harder and harder for even the staunchest believers to continue to follow that crap. I don't know. I, I, I hope you're right, but I don't think so. I think because they don't, they may not believe in anything, they may not agree with it, but they want votes because they want to protect their taxes and they want to protect their elite lifestyle. I cannot see them, they believe that being with Republicans and keeping that strong will protect their taxes. Rich people don't want to pay taxes. Otherwise, well, well, they could just go pay them. Yeah, and there's also um, the racists in the crowd mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. um, they all they all listen to the code, the racist yes. code, yes. right? Yes, exactly. Um, and say no, 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 we're not, we're not racist, but right. but they are. Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, they can live right out in the sunshine. They don't have to hide. So, yeah. Yeah. Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. Um. Do you know anything about the Cabbage Town Naturescape? A public realm paradise. No. It's happening on Parliament Street in Toronto. And well, Parliament right Street now, is kind of a wilderness. <laughs> well, they're putting trees on the street and making Good. it a little traffic calming. Not in the sidewalk, not long term, just for 10 weeks. Okay. And they've got trees. They've and, cut and down giant just, trees. They want to see what happens? I think they just want to create... Um, a green space and some shade and experiment oh, with how that it's looks. an area that could use some green space although there is um there is uh, some green space a little bit to the east right as you get into don the, the don valley oh it's beautiful um, riverdale it's, Park. yes it's, it's very very nice in yeah. through there and there's that uh the old the old zoo the old zoo and the necropolis which is a beautiful yes. beautiful yes, the necropolis is gorgeous yeah you can get married there you can get buried there you can, can just really take get married a walk. in a cemetery? I think people have. Yeah. I would. I would get married. Well, you would. Yeah. <laughs> get all gawked up and go to the That's cemetery, right? right? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> no more Elvis weddings. 
I think they're going to change that. What's going that. on with that? Like they're they're apparently they're not allowed to have Elvis weddings because they have to have Elvis's permission or the estate oh, permission. That's the, I don't that's know. the silliest thing in the world. The, the Elvis weddings are great for the I Elvis know. business. They're great for the Elvis business. And we mentioned last week that um, the Elvis movie. We're going to all try to see it. Oh this yes, week. we're all going to try to see yeah. it, and uh, you should try to see it too, so we can all talk, talk about, about it. Together. Yes, and. Um, Graceland, you'd think that would invigorate Graceland to have Elvis weddings. I mean, I can't believe that Graceland doesn't do Elvis weddings. Well, really, you'd think they'd get yeah. in on that yeah, action, right? Yeah, you would right? think so, yeah. Remember that billboard? I posted it on my blog or Facebook years ago. It was a great billboard in Memphis. It said, whatever started in, no, whatever happens in Vegas started in Memphis. <laughs> I just thought that was like the best, and that was perfect for our wedding. <laughs> Uh, hey, where are we going here? Well, I'm just checking our checking email. Are you checking our sign? Or, oh my God, our email. Okay, so I wanted to read this. While you're checking that email, I'm going to read out loud this premise. I just thought you would heavily react to the a public realm paradise. I thought you were going to say, I'm not having that. I thought you would strike that down. Now, trees are good, but these are not permanent trees. This is, this is like a, an art installation. Announcing Cabbage Town Naturescape, a public realm paradise, April 22nd, 2022, but it's being built right now. It's almost finished. It'll be open on the July 1st. Cabbage Town Naturescape 2022 is an immersive public realm transformation. Well, immersive, that's the big word. Uh-huh. Of historic Parliament Street. It's historic gonna, over there. Are they going to turn it into like a Van Gogh? Yeah, running from 10 do weeks that. starting July 1st to September 13th, 2022. The Cabbage Town BIA and Councillor Kristen Wong Tam invite Torontonians to experience Parliament Street from Carlton Street to the south of Winchester Street in an exciting new way. The street so will temporarily... To, that's only Winchester. like two blocks. Yeah, Carlton right. to, to Winchester, that's I not know. very far. No, it's it's not just, very far. just north of our dentist. True. The street will temporarily relocate street parking and it will be replaced with stunning natural features designed and built by Bienenstock Bienstock Natural Playgrounds to completely redesign the space with logs, stones, and tree canopy and sand. I, I'm fun. adding the sand. It'll be fun. Yeah, I hope so. It'll be fun. People who have to do business down there will be upset because well, we, we still have a lot of people who drive cars. Correct. And there's there's uh, the only real parking because all the residents park in the mm -hmm. um, on the side streets. True. Is um, I'm parking on, on the side street. Is on um, yeah. If you can find a spot. Well, uh, but you can't do that. You can't park there before like eleven in the morning or ten in the morning. Yeah. Or no, something. I have a permit now, so I can park there after oh, midnight. Oh, that's swanky. I used to park on Parliament with a meter until nine p.m. Then I would move my car to park. No, no, I did the opposite. I would park on um, the side street till midnight. At 10 to midnight or 9 p.m. when the meter stopped on Parliament, I would move my car over to Parliament Street, wake up at 6.30 and move the car back to the side streets. But now I have a permit. Thank God. I used to park behind the no frills at, to go to on the Spruce dentist? Street to go to the dentist. Yeah, you're lucky. And then that one you didn't day, get ticket. I, oh. well, I have never been ticketed there, but uh, the manager of the store caught oh. me parking there one day and oh. he started to scream at me oh my god he was just screaming well, at me. Didn't, you shop there? There? didn't you shop there while you were there 
to get no. your teeth done? Okay, well, you could have gone and bought some coffee or something. I could have gone in and yeah. bought some coffee. Yeah, okay. But now I just, I park on Parliament Street right yeah. over the dentist. Yeah, well, you won't now because it's yeah. gone. No. And for Less our listeners, parking. it's the other side of the city. But I've, been going, that far. I've been going to the same dentist since Eugene 1986. lives on the other side of the city. <laughs> That's right. I live on the the other the correct side right. of the city. But, you know, if you live downtown, you can walk from, from Bathurst to uh, Broad... Well, I forgot the name of the street. Broad, Broadview? Broadview, no problem, in about three hours, two hours. Yeah. You can could. bike in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, Cabbage Town Naturescape will provide local residents and visitors with a reprieve from the urban landscape with a verdant public realm destination in the Cabbage Town verdant public realm neighborhood. Destination. Yeah, the project will contain five interactive natural parquet islands that will incorporate natural elements into the landscape and add placemaking opportunities, programming spaces, and additional seating for residences and businesses. I do love public seating. And one of my big complaints about public seating is why don't you put two benches facing each other? Every now and then, you did, every bench doesn't have to face each other, but why can't you put them close enough that That's you can right. sit and have a conversation? For sure. I had to look it up, by the way. I didn't know what verdant meant. Oh, it does mean greenling, doesn't it? Um, of, of countryside, green with grass or other rich ve there vegetation. Of the bright green color of lush well, verd, grass. Verd is verd green. Is green, yeah. of course. Um, the, this Silly initiative name, is vital for the economic recovery of Cabbage Town, said Virginia Gallup, the executive director of the Cabbage Town Business Improvement Association. So the businesses have all signed on to this. Um, I do not believe it's key to the economic recovery of, of Cabbage Town. Um, however, it might be a good idea. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I think, I guess I wish that, I, it could be a fun idea. I have, I have not assessed it myself. I've heard some negative responses about it because of parking, spacing. Why not put real trees in there to stay all year? Often the BIAs really don't know what to do. Right. They are desperate. And, you know, you may not have heard about this since <laughs> you've been in, in Chicago, but uh, every year, for many, many years in Toronto, there's been a festival called Taste of the Danforth, mm -hmm. um, in which squillions of people converge on Greek Town in Toronto mm. and go in and they get their souvlakis and stuff like that at all the, the wonderful oh, yeah. restaurants Lovely. and they, they're grilling outside and mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out there's a problem because during the pandemic, the city allowed all restaurants to have patios and they, they've right. made it easy for that right. to happen as yeah. opposed to the usual bureaucratic yep. obstacles that get mm -hmm. thrown up. But um, in doing so, they've, they've made some infrastructure around the mm -hmm. road and the, there's a bike path. Mm -hmm. And then there's the places where, um, where all the patios are um, that's reduced um, parking and lanes on the, the road. Um, so, it Danforth now appears to be a narrower street mm -hmm. than um, than it it did before. It used to be quite a wide street. Yeah, and now it's very very difficult. Mm. I had to drop somebody off there uh, a few days ago, and just finding a place to, to you could pull over to mm. drop somebody and some stuff off on, on oh, Danforth is right, very difficult. Right. So um, what's happened is that the the BIA has said if we're gonna run Taste of the Danforth. We can't do it with this infrastructure. Uh -oh. And there's an, an added problem, which is that there has to be a way for emergency vehicles uh -huh. to get through. Right. And um, 
the BIA has basically said, if this infrastructure is going to stay here, we're going to cancel Taste of the Danforth. Yeah. And the city's dug their heels in and the BIA's dug their heels in. And maybe there's other issues I don't understand yeah. going on. Um, but it seems to me that it's one of the most successful money-making yearly festivals in the city. Yeah. And none of those restaurants are going to benefit from it because between the city and the BIA, they can't figure out how to make it happen. Well, that's very is, interesting. It's just a shame. Because I can tell you that we used to have an Italian fest where I work for 25 years and thousands of people, they would make enough money in that weekend that paid all their bills for the rest of the year. However, with the pandemic and the patio, we have the street closed down every day. I think they make more money with the patios. Every well, weekend, the patios closed down. Uh, the streets close down and the and the tables go on the street. Oh, interesting. It may well be a and similar kind of. They don't thing. want. No it's, one wants the festival anymore. It, it it could very well yeah. be that the businesses have recognized that they're better to have the patios than the festival. And they should never give that yeah. up. They'll now, never get for, that permit for again. Me, yeah. I like the Danforth and uh -huh. I like the restaurants there yes. and I enjoy the Greek food and the mm -hmm. grilled yummy souvlakis and yes. and all of fried that, cheese. All of that stuff is really super yummy mm -hmm. and I, and I love it. But I never go to a festival like Taste of the Danforth because it's just too crowded. I, and I don't do like fighting for my souvlaki. Full confession. I don't like street festivals. There I don't go. like them. I don't feel comfortable. I've never liked them. I don't like eating in a crowd standing up. Um, I've gone to a food truck festival and I did enjoy that. But we went and sat down somewhere on a park bench or a curb. I sat on a curb. Um, and there's tons and tons. Chicago is all about street festivals. I don't like them. I've gone, I, I've gone a couple times and I absolutely am uncomfortable. It's too hot. It's too sunny. Uh, people are throwing up at beer festivals. but And yet they are super, super popular in Chicago. Chicago loves them. It's just not my thing. Mm. It's not my thing. Um, I, and I will go to all those stores year-round on a festival. I'll avoid it like hell. Um, so I'm glad the street festival's um, not happening. It was horrible to work at. If you work at a street festival, it's like blood money. You've sold your soul to make some money that one weekend. And you used to make quite a bit and feel really good, but I think all the staff is making money on a regular basis, much more so now with this with patios. Maybe that's and the what's whole going on restaurant culture too. is so much better. And if those restaurants give up those patios, it's not going to be easy to get that permit ever again. Ah. They need to. I think they need to hold on to that permit of how, that, that may how much well better be at, is the, it? at the core of it is yeah. that is that the one-time festival may not be as lucrative as the, the current infrastructure and they want to continue it. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Um, and speaking of changes, I, I, I sort of touched upon this the other day. Um, are you socializing much now? If the pandemic's over, are you are you meeting people and friends and going out and doing things or having conversations? A little bit. In person you are, yeah. I feel... We were at an engagement party oh, the yeah. other day um, and it was all outdoors. Yes. They put up tents. Yes. And... Um, and had food that was like boxed food. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting mm -hmm. kind of solution. Mm. Uh, and it was out, outside, and that was it was very nice. And uh, and so, yeah, we socialized with some people. Um, but you know, uh, we're not the most social people. We're not the out and about social right. butterflies okay. anyway. Yeah. So in some ways, the pandemic sort of suited our <laughs> yeah. our sedentary lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm. Speed of sedentary, I am trying to get more movement. I still have, I went to a pool last night, a friend's pool. That was good. I just walked back and forth. It was an above ground pool. So that was some of the first exercise I've had, like logical exercise in a long time. But I am experiencing some real breakdowns in communication with people. 
And it's How been so? going on for months. And now I'm worried about whether it's permanent. I think people have lost some social skills and, um, and customs from the pandemic. I feel like a lot of people I know, not everyone, but are listening. They're not listening. They're waiting for their turn to talk. And it's a whole thing because they haven't been in a normal, conversive situation mm. for a long time that those skills are gone. Yeah. I find if I'm in any kind of situation that's that gets crowded, I, I'm feeling anxious. Yeah. Well, you've always had social anxiety. Um, yes, in that's, my opinion. that's true. In my opinion. That's true. I, I thrive when I'm in a group of two or three people. <laughs> Um, yeah. But if I'm in a group of eight or ten people, I just want to beam up to the ship. Yeah. All right, I and it doesn't matter how much you love them? It doesn't matter how much I love them. <laughs> uh, it's just I, I don't do well with the right. big groups. And yet you are so conversational and interesting, and you do like social life. And in, in a work in a work environment, I'm fine with the bigger group of people, but, but not in, in a social thing. I would prefer, even going to a restaurant, I would prefer a smaller restaurant over mm. a crowded restaurant. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I guess I, I could know, say that when, too. When we went on our anniversary, we went to, to Scaramouche and it right. was still um, mm-hmm. pandemic, some pandemic restrictions. Yeah. Um, so they had removed a lot of the tables. So you're much more isolated from mm-hmm. from other mm. people. And I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. None of those well, darn humans around yeah. me. Yeah. I just, that's just the weirdest thing. So I'm really trying to be a good listener, extra good, which I usually am, but I'm trying to be a really good listener. You're a listener. very good listener. Thank you. I am trying to be a good one because I just feel really worried about the listening. I've been known to listen occasionally. Well, yeah. I mean, and my family's not a listener. Well, no, my sister's a good listener, but I meant my parents were not the best listeners in the world. They were kind of looking at you that they couldn't wait for you to finish talking so they could talk. And I do feel surrounded by that. So we're still breaking out grandma from the uh, assistant living place next week. All right. Uh, this weekend. It's going to be the family scandal. We're worried it will be. And wow. we're going to a really swishy lodge where we can swim in a lake. You know, when someone's 90 years old and they say, I just wish, you know, this could be my last summer. I'd just like to swim in a lake again. You kind of feel like you have to do it. Yeah. 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 You kind of got to get your act together and do it. So I'm pretty excited. I can't you wait to go. just do it going. safely. Yeah. Um, because you're dealing with someone who hasn't been out in those situations and is probably very fragile. And uh, you yeah. probably don't want to hurt them. No, we don't want to hurt them. We don't want her to trip or fall or anything like that. Or None of us want to fall. I tripped in freaking Tennessee going to Publix grocery store. I did not get hurt, but it was crazy. Um, so you don't want any of that to happen. I've been listening to the Keith Morrison podcast. I think I mentioned that he was a guest on uh, My Favorite Murder a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been following his NBC Dateline podcast. They're kind of fun to fall asleep to. What else? Oh, I just got a... Uh, update? Sorry, uh, well, not an update. I got a, 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 a scam text just came in. Oh, Good morning. What does it you, say? you did a wonderful job yesterday. I've sent your payment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to respond to that. But no, I'm not going to respond to that. Select messages, delete. Wow. Okay. Wow. So I've been doing some reading. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I read, well, you know what? Recently I talked about uh, Silverview, which was uh, uh, John le Carre's final oh, novel. Yeah. And I went in to read the second book of the George Smiley trilogy. 
So I was very familiar um, with both the books and the um, the the film productions or TV productions <laughs> yeah. of the first and the third book. So Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Smiley's People. Mm-hmm. But I didn't somehow I missed the second one, and there is no TV or movie adaptation oh. of it. Oh, uh, and what? And maybe it's because a lot of it is uh, traveling in the in the jungle in in the seventies oh. in uh, in Laos and, and mm, interesting uh, and places like that. Um, so it's a most a most interesting um, book. The first thing that struck me reading this nineteen seventy seven novel in uh, in twenty twenty two is that it's very much of its time, um, in that it's. It was written by a middle-aged man <laughs> about a business, the spy mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. which is the business of middle-aged men, mm-hmm. yes. uh, controlled by middle-aged men yes. and older men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's British, and, and they're they're mostly older white men. Uh, and they, like, smoke pipes and, <laughs> um, and go to yeah. their club and, yeah. like, that sort of stuff. Um, and the women in the novel, even though one of the main characters is female... The women are not, they're much more two-dimensional than the male characters. Uh, and they are, they're often referred to as girls and yeah. they're sex yeah. objects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and among the agents that we meet mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia, um, they're very interested in the women as sex workers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's, it's, it's quite stereotypical, yeah. very much of its time, and reading, and yet truthful, truthful, sure, but gross. Uh, but reading it this many years for, later from a different perspective, right. I see it differently. If I had read this in '77, I might not have noticed that. Really, I might not have when I was when I was 17. Yeah. I might not. Yeah. I I may have just. Thought it's a spy book. Yeah, exactly. I, I, might, I wouldn't have thought yeah. in, that, in that perspective. I just, it's funny because you know when you think about um, James Bond, James Bond always knew it was not right what they what they did. We think that James Bond is straight, but there was always a sense of kind of like joking about the sexual aspect of the women and the men. I mean, it wasn't enlightened humor, but it was aware of of it not being fair. But still happily sexist yeah right yeah. i mean when yeah when when you have characters with names like pussy galore yeah for and instance. octopussy yes yeah. for sure and you die of gold paint um so i, I was able to get get past that by yeah. understanding it in its <laughs> historical uh perspective yeah. um and that said it's an epic novel cool um it's a big novel. It's, I don't know, 600 pages. Really? And um, it's a novel which reveals the characters as the mostly male characters yeah. as being very complicated. <laughs> How special. Uh, yes. Uh, and you get a, a perspective of this guy who's an occasional agent mm-hmm. and he's like a you know a casual worker mm-hmm. well he's mm-hmm. gone to spy school but they mm-hmm. only use him every now and then interesting and 
um, what's happened within the trilogy of the novels is in the first novel in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, there's a mole, yes. the Bill Hayden character right. who gets exposed. And at the end of it, Smiley is asked to look after things for a while. Mm -hmm. And so Smiley assembles his team, which is his friend Peter Gillum, mm -hmm. um, who's in the first novel and mm -hmm. the and the, the third one mm -hmm. as well. And he resurrects uh, the wonderful Connie Sachs, mm -hmm. who is also a very stereotypical character, but yeah. at least delightful in her stereo and she knows she's used yes yeah she knows she's used and um and she drinks too much and um she's very arthritic and she's very uh she's funny and delightful mm -hmm. and but you also know she means business mm -hmm. and one of the things about that character is that um Smiley knows that she is the best at what she does, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, but she doesn't fit in with the old boys. Mm -hmm. So she gets put out to, to pasture. So there's some awareness in the novel of, of the old boys club mm -hmm. there in some ways, but then you get to Southeast Asia and that all falls kind of falls mm -hmm. apart. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, uh, the story is to really simplify it. Uh, Smiley is trying to uh, clean up the service mm -hmm. and a lot of the agents have been blown by the mole and so he has to kind of get rid of them, put them out to pasture <laughs> and he, he has to try to find something to do, mm -hmm. find some good spy mm -hmm. shit to do. Yeah. Uh, and they start looking around for, for stuff to do and they discover what they call a gold seam. They discover money wow, that's being that? funneled out of Russia. Ooh, I love it. And to somebody who has links with China. How pertinent. Yeah. <laughs> Still today. And, and it's, the story is highly complicated. Yeah. Um, that's why I have trouble reading. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on and you have to really pay attention mm -hmm. to realize what's going on. And the the occasional agent that we meet Westerby is quite a character. Mm. Uh, and so his kind of adventures and exploits are, are pretty interesting, um, particularly because he, he goes rogue, mm -hmm. right? He's always been a company man, um, but he thinks that he's kind of fallen for this woman who is, probably the main female character in it and you don't really get to understand her character nearly as much as you ought mm. to be able to um, but he decides he has to do something to try to save her mm. uh, because he thinks that she's going to get used and used up by his own service mm -hmm. um, and so he goes rogue and that becomes really really interesting and the other the other thing that's going on is that well smiley is on this case, mm -hmm. um, in the background, the sniveling political mm -hmm. types within the service are kind of conspiring against him to mm -hmm. replace him as quickly as possible. And they're very hawkish and mm -hmm. they want to get in bed with the Americans who they call the cousins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the book is full of trade craft, all mm -hmm. that wonderful spy mm -hmm. trade craft stuff, adventures in exotic places, um, opium smuggling, <laughs> and the 
the government secret services involved with opium smuggling to to so in order cool. to get information. That, all of that is so, super yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on yeah. and the story reveals itself very slowly. So when you think you get a handle on it, there's lots more going mm. on. So in spite of the historical sexism of the book, mm-hmm. it's an epic novel and once you once you get in that first hundred pages, you just have to find out more about these characters and cool. what's Westerby going to do and um, how they're going to try to shake the trees and um, get these bad nicks to do something uh, unsafe mm-hmm. that they can catch them at. Uh, so it was a really fascinating read. And I, and I have to say that while I was aware of things that I didn't like, Overall, I still was quite swept away by the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I wish it was a mini series. Sounds like it needs to be a mini series. It would be an excellent mini series, yeah. as you know, as the others were. Yes, right. Yes, um, I know. I, mean, I could watch Smiley's People again. That oh, was so good. You know, we just watched it again recently. Oh, you did? And, oh, yes. Oh. And um, you know, the the one part of Smiley's People that since I was here, you watched it again. Yeah. Oh, wow. That didn't work for us that well is the scene with the hippies i don't i don't think they got it right okay they got a lot right you're right but i don't think they got that right it just didn't (laughs) ring true it's like no these people wouldn't be doing this Mm -hmm. they would be saying hey man come on in and can i get you some food Mm -hmm. you know it it just wouldn't be Mm -hmm. the way it was in 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 the series there Mm -hmm. wouldn't be like them destroying the car and um Mm -hmm. not talking to them i i just don't think they got it right. I don't think right. they nailed that. But right. you know, still, Unfortunate. still, I, I do, I do enjoy it. And, yeah. You know, I like genre fiction. Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, and the spy novel. I mean, they're right up there with submarine. Right. Um, true. And, Very and true. Uh, you almost can't go wrong, uh, even though it exposes aspects of our society that uh, maybe we wish were treated mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so true. But now, my next book arrived today That's with, right. with candy. Yep, and it's a novel. It's a, it's called Upload, a novel by Mark McLennan. It has a, a big arrow on the front. Uh, In chalk or something. Yep. Yeah, science look, fiction. It's science fiction. It's uh, written in two thousand and twelve. Hmm. And I met him at a at um, Eric Noden's that music venue I went to a couple weeks ago. And um, I said, hey, we'll read your book and maybe come on the podcast. So, Mark, so, if you're out there listening, hello. So here's hi, what it Nancy. says. I haven't really had a chance to look inside <laughs> the book, except like a little bit of the, the usual prenuptials, right? like what font is it in yes. and how big is the yes. print and yes. how does the book smell. Smells brand new. Um, yep. Here's What's what it says. Say? Yeah, here's good. what it says in the back. His criminal past catching up with him, a troubled young man seeks escape into digital utopia by uploading his consciousness into a computer just as first love casts his life in a new light in this thrilling near future science fiction novel mark mcclennan mark mcclellan excuse me explores the immense potential of computer-based consciousness and the philosophical perils of simulated society well you know we were talking recently Mm -hmm. about the matrix Mm -hmm. and we've been talking a lot about ai Mm -hmm. on this uh, podcast Mm -hmm. so this kind of fits right in um, I'm looking forward to diving right into good, it. Good, good. 
Although it may be, since I do have a house guest for the next right. uh, the next week, yeah. uh, there may not be that much reading and time. And we're also juggling a book, um, secondary literature. It's a, a literary... Um, uh, literary Criticism by Catherine Sugg, a friend of mine, um, and who inspired me at the Cormac McCarthy. I've been meaning to get uh, yeah, to that. So even if you read a chapter on Snowpiercer or something, and let's get, we're going to get Catherine Kenny, on Kenny here Kenny knows too. that I don't, I don't normally enjoy reading literary criticism. No, he doesn't. And so, I do. I love it. I know. She eats it up. Yeah. And so that's, I mean... If we were both the same, what kind of what kind It'd of argument could yeah, we have? Yeah, we couldn't have an argument. We couldn't so, have a debate. Um, so we have, you know, we have different things that that yeah. interest us. So so Candy is trying to sell me this book by saying, "Just <laughs> just just read one chapter, and then On we'll talk about that chapter." And she thinks I'm going to get. She has decided the chapter that I'm going to read. Maybe. Well, you've seen Snowpiercer. I have seen yeah. Snowpiercer. And uh, maybe you're going to read more. Catherine's an amazing, uh, brilliant mind and thinker and writer. So you might get, you All might, right. you might have time I for might. it. And the book um, is in Catherine, if you're listening, we're going to be getting you on here. Maybe we'll record that next week if we can get her around. If I know she's probably on holiday right now, but we'll see. I hope I can manage to get that yeah. chapter read yeah. by next oh, week. Oh yeah, that's right. Me too. I did bring in my book, though. Because you're going to Montreal. I know. And I'm going to read it. I never read on holiday. I never get a chance. But I'm going to try. Well, that's it. And, I always want to bring sketchbooks and, and, when I have and a house, books. When I have a house guest, no. I always want to do things with yes. my house guests, yeah, right? Well, of course. You do have to do that. You want to be a fun. good host. And, and, and I, you know, I haven't had a chance to just hang out with Stag in a long time. I know. And he's the most fun guy he ever really to hang fun. out with. Plus, you know what I have to do this afternoon after we go to the airport? Well, Stag's taking his grandson out for dinner, but I have to pick up the solar system. I just got a text saying I need to go and pick up the solar system. Um, my grandson made a solar system, and I guess it's the end of school. It's the last day of school. He has to take it home now. Ah, cool. <laughs> so I've got a special text saying at some point today, 3.15, I must pick up the solar system. <sighs> so we're going to juggle Stag being here. They're going out for supper. We're going to figure it out somehow. It's a good problem to have. Lots of stuff to do. Yeah. I mean, that does make it feel like the pandemic's over. So homework for our listeners. Yes. If, you're, um, if you would like to Please read along with us. Please buy it. Please uh, buy it. Yeah, support uh, Mark McClellan because he's a friend of Candy's. And um, read, upload, and we're going to read it and we can all talk about it together. Yes, you can order it on Amazon or the ordering machine. I ordered it on the ordering machine, so you can too. And it came within a couple of days, so it would be pretty exciting. All right. And Catherine Sug, if you want to read about toxic male masculinity and Which is pop something culture, I, I always want to read about. Well, you just talked about it. I know. <laughs> and um, she, she, she talks about... But he wasn't oh, writing about it on we purpose. We can ask her about revisionist westerns too. Okay. Because we've got that to do. We've got to pick a western and we've got to watch that western. And we can also western. ask her what she thinks about books which historically um, are sexist yeah. and male-dominated. We can ask her so many questions. Yes, we can. Yeah. I just oh, right, have to right. read a chapter of her book. Maybe, yeah, and, I think you should. Um, and you, dear listeners, um, first of all, we love you, and we especially love our, our, our patrons. If you go to our, our Patreon page, and I believe we're more searchable now on, on Patreon. Totally. Um, you know, uh, your support helps us make the podcast more robust. And, Definitely. And we really, we really do appreciate it. But that doesn't mean that... You can always get this podcast for always free because for free. you can because well, after you buy it. a cell phone you can have it for free. <laughs> All the cost of a cell phone. <laughs> well, you could probably you can get it on on at a the computer, library at the library, at the library yes. on a library computer. Absolutely. You don't have to have a cell phone. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, you know, 
But once you um, once you do that, then you can email us. Yeah. Because we checked our email and there was no, no emails email. from listeners this week. Come on, just tell us we suck. Even. That's right. We would we would even appreciate being told. <laughs> Hearing we how suck. we suck. Um, that would be theagency.podcast at gmail.com. And you can Google the Patreon page by just saying the agency making podcast on Patreon. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to be back at you um, next week. Yep. Um, we don't know where Candy's well, going to no, be. No, we don't know. Maybe I'll be at your house. <laughs> she might be here. She might not be here. She might be somewhere else. And uh, the only way you're ever going to find out is if you tune in. That's right. How's that? I'm like Mr. Promo. You today. are Mr. Promo. And thank you for listening. Bye, all. Bye.